Welcome to the Tideline Talks podcast, where we discuss all things related to sports medicine, health and wellness. We dispel common myths and misconceptions regarding healthcare, and we do it in a way that's easy to understand. It's hosted by yours truly, Dr. Michael Slafani, founder of Tideline Sports Performance and Rehabilitation. Welcome back, Tideline fam, to another episode of the Tideline Talks podcast with your co-host, myself, Brandon Christ. I'm the office manager here at Tideline Sports Performance and Rehabilitation. On today's episode, we have uh, another repeat guest with us, uh, Jennifer Rudolph. She was on a previous episode that we have linked in the description. So um, go ahead, listen to that episode, get a little bit more history about Jennifer. Um, but I'll introduce her now. Um, so Jennifer is a mama five. She coaches at Orange Theory Fitness is the owner and founder of Sarasota Fitness Coaching, the creator of the Fueled Physique Program, and an athlete and competitive powerlifter. Welcome back to the podcast, Jennifer. Um, Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself or everybody listening? Hey, thanks for having me. So I am a mom of five. My youngers are twins. They are about to turn five years old. Um, I have been in the fitness space since 2006 in various capacities, mostly doing personal training. I was a previous gym owner, I have competed in bodybuilding and powerlifting. Uh, in 2022, I started my own business, Sarasota Fitness Coaching, where I help busy women ditch the dieting cycle and learn how to lose weight, keep it off, gain muscle mass, and do that all without restricting their calories. Um, I'm also an athlete. Right now, I am in meat prep for a powerlifting competition, so I am pretty well versed in all aspects of fitness. That's perfect because the first thing we wanted to chat about was meat prep. So, um, and to touch base really cool. I didn't know you owned a gym. Um, so that's super awesome. I was in the gym space for a very long time myself. So I know how difficult it is to, um, have a gym be successful. So just the fact that that's something you went through, like really good job. (laughs) Um, but to segue into, uh, your powerlifting, cause I don't really think we talked too much about that, um, on the first episode. So I'd love to really dig into just like, you know, who you are as an athlete, um, what your goals are for powerlifting. And, um, Jennifer's also working with, um, Alexis Wells. She's, um, a client of ours and a powerlifting coach. She's been on a few episodes as well. So it'd be cool just to kind of hear, you know, a little bit about, um, what you like about the coaching and where you want to go. Yeah. So last time I was on, I was kind of dipping my toes on the water, trying to get back into the bodybuilding world. And I trained bodybuilding for just about 18 months. I was going to do a competition. Then when it became time to diet down, I decided that that just wasn't for me. I did not feel like going through the whole dieting cycle. But with me being goal focused, I really wanted something to look forward to and something to work towards. So I decided to revisit powerlifting. The last time I competed in a powerlifting meet was 2019. Um, I had my best meet to date had a great total and I kind of figured I was done at that point. I was ready to retire from that sport. Um, So I'm revisiting it and I have been training with Alexis for the past five months now. I am currently four weeks out from my powerlifting competition and things are going well. That's really awesome. And um, we'll talk more about powerlifting in a second because I have that in my mind. But um, you'd mentioned something about why you didn't do the bodybuilding show. And I'd love to talk about that a little bit too, if you don't mind, because I'm kind of the same way too. And um, what I feel like most people don't really 
feel like it's okay to say this isn't something I want to do right now or like, yes. hey, I'm not ready to do this. And I feel like a lot of people force themselves to do things they're not ready for. So I'm um, just hearing you say that, you know, you were ready for the competition, the diet was ready to start and you're just like, I'm not ready to do this, right? For sure. The thing to keep in mind is you're insanely great shape. So it's not like you need to diet down to, to be healthier, to like look better or perform better. So, mm -hmm. um, saying no is actually kind of a good thing for you. Right. So why don't you yeah. take us through like just that thought process of, um, saying no to a bodybuilding show. And that is exactly it. I am very healthy. I, my performance is great in the gym. Um, and my life, I feel like I'm very well balanced. And when I was in bodybuilding before it's a 24 seven job and having five kids, a business, you know, being an employee, a wife, all the things, it's just a lot more to take on to enter a competition prep. It is very extreme and I knew it would decrease my performance and, you know, have some negative impact on my health. So, and especially the timing was not right. It was at the beginning of the summer, I would have to start dieting down and I knew that I wanted to spend time with my family and not have to feel restricted and have to carry around my Tupperware and have my chicken and rice with me at all times. So I just said, you know, it's not the right move. Not right now. There's plenty of time I can get that done later on in life if I want to. So yeah, I just backed away from that so I could, you know, spend the time with my family, enjoy myself, not feel that I need to do it for any particular reason. There was nobody making me do it. There was nothing, you know, there was no deadline or anything. So that's why I kind of just figured, you know what, not the right time, but what else can I do right now? Yeah, no, that makes total sense. And I really like that you share that because you're a hundred percent correct. And then, um, the one thing you said that really hit home to me at least is, you know, you're choosing to do it. You don't want to feel like you have to do things and choice for me with the way that I am in my brain, that's a really big thing. So that's kind of sometimes why, um, for me, it's hard to enter into a bodybuilding show, not because I'm not disciplined, not because I can't diet, because I'll go on, you know, I'll lose 10 pounds over like a month and then refeed and just maintain and lose another 10 pounds. So I'll do it like slowly and gradually mm -hmm. instead of just going all at once to do a show. Um, but choice is huge to me. So once I feel something is no longer a choice, I get a lot of anxiety and I don't want to do it. Exactly. I will not do it. I will literally do the complete opposite. So I would probably, if I tried to do the bodybuilding show, when it got down to the wire, when I'm hungry and I feel like I have to do these things, I'd just be like, all right, I'm ordering pizza and drinking beer. Yes. And that's it, totally not me, but right. it's because it's a demand now of like, hey, something that was fun. Now I feel like I have to do. So it's like, fuck this thing. Exactly. Do you experience that at all with yourself? Exactly. Too? Exactly. Yeah. That's and that's one of the biggest reasons um, I can remember, you know, 10 years ago being in bodybuilding prep and just being like, why the fuck am I doing this? Like, why am I doing this to myself? Who cares? Mm -hmm. You know, my family still loves me the way I am. My kids are going to love me either way. Like, why am I doing this? Who do I have anything to prove to? You know, and I just you go through those mindsets, especially when you're irritable and hungry and your body's literally starving. Um, so yeah, I can definitely relate to that. And I, yeah, I did not want to have that be a thing. And a lot of it is similar to you, like getting it in your mind. Like I had it in my mindset that I did the work, like my physique was there. All I needed to do is like shed the body fat and I knew I would do great. And I think that's part of it is knowing that I have a lot of potential. You know, if I were to step on stage, I have tons of potential, but it's like that step in between to get there that I just... I just don't want to put, um, you know, sacrifice anything to, to get there to that point. So yeah, cause it would no longer be a choice and it would be uncomfortable and miserable and I probably would not be enjoying it anymore. So I might as well quit on my head and keep enjoying life. Yeah. A hundred percent. And that's not to say, uh, anything negative about everybody else who chooses to do bodybuilding competitions because, um, it's your choice. And at the end of the day, it is still 
requiring a lot of discipline, a lot of athletic skill and talent. So um, that's not to minimize anybody that's been through bodybuilding, but just to kind of show the other side of it too, because I feel like this isn't really talked about at all. Um, at all. So I want to make sure that, you know, we're talking about these things. So people who are new to coming into fitness, who haven't even lifted a weight in their life or eaten chicken and rice before, don't feel like they have to live this insanely regimented lifestyle and that there is a way to have balance and there is a way to reach goals without being extremely, I don't even know what the word for it is. Like just extreme. extreme. Yeah. It, just it's very extreme. extreme. Right. Yeah. And I think just in society, I think we need to prioritize balance and happiness a little bit more than uh, extremity and results. So um, that's cool. And your competition, which competition are you um, training for? Um, the Barbell Vice meet. Cool, cool. So March 4th. Uh, Tideline will be there. We'll be setting up a tent. Yep. I hear that they're going to have um, like legit medieval fighting, like sword fighting there. Yeah, there's like a, armor there's, and swords. There's a lot of stuff going on. There's strongman, <laughs> there's CrossFit, uh, Jiu Jitsu. So it's going to be a whole a whole strength event, which is going to be really fun. Yeah, that's really cool. I'm excited to see you pull and then watch people fight with swords. It's <laughs> <laughs> just super cool. Should be a um, good day. So what's your training volume like now? So um, you're a few weeks out from your prep. Uh, you said you're – before we started the podcast, we were talking. You said you're at 90% this week. Yeah. So what does that look like in terms of your squat, bench, and deadlift? Like what kind of weights are you looking to hit? Um, so this past week I just finished all my 90% work. So squats was, uh, like the top set of one set of one. Um, I had to get back into knee wraps. Well, I don't want to say I had to, it was my choice. I'm back in knee wraps for the competition. So getting used to those again, um, has been a little bit of a challenge, but hitting top weights with that. And then some back down sets. Um, I think I did like three sets of two maybe. And then my bench has been my best lift. And that was... That was an interesting day, actually, because I didn't know my one rep maxes, you know, at the beginning of the training block to do my percentages off of. So going into 90% this week, I hit what would have been 90% and it was super easy. So then when I went to go do my back down sets, I was supposed to do three reps of whatever the percentage was and I ended up doing eight. And I was like, okay, well, this is too easy. (laughs) (laughs) This is too easy. And I don't think I'm supposed to be doing an AMRAP. So... Yeah, message Alexis. I'm like, oh, what should I do what here? Do I, do? do I add another set? Like, you know, to reduce the volume, what do you want me to do? She gave me guidance and everything. So I ended up um, hitting my top set on my very last set, which is kind of weird. So I just did like a pyramid up. And then um, deadlifts was the same kind of thing, like a one set of one. So I did my top set and then I did, uh, I think it was like three sets of two. There's still accessory work, just a little bit reduced volume on all of the days. Yeah, no, that's cool. That makes sense. How does um, your body handle it? Like, do you feel a difference between bodybuilding training and powerlifting in terms of like your body and mind. For sure. Um, I have to say like, I feel like my body, my physique, everything about me just handles volume a lot better than like the heavy work. I am, I can lift heavy, but if you were to give me a set of eight, I would probably respond a little bit better to that. So Alexa seems to have fun enjoying, she enjoys like programming volume for me because she knows I can do it. Um, But the difference with my mindset is like, I would walk into the gym with a bodybuilding day and be like, this is going to be a tough leg day. I know, you know, it's, you you just kind of go through the motions. I knew how how to do it, what was going to happen. Whereas when you're going to hit a heavy squat, it's a lot more mental. You know, Mm -hmm. you really got to focus and the affirmations and the self-talk and the little, you know, pep talks you give yourself before you get under the bar, like they really do make a difference. And if you are going to lift the weight or not, Mm -hmm. because if you get into the hole with like 300 
40 pounds on your back and you're like, I can't lift this. You're not going to lift it. Yeah. It doesn't matter how strong you are. Right. Exactly. So it's just constantly having that voice in the back of your head saying like, you got this, you're going to be able to do this. You got this. Um, so you're, you always have to be your best cheerleader and cause it does get tough and you know, heavy lifts like that. It, you've got the risk of injury. If you, you know, are, if you lose a centimeter of tension somewhere, you know, you could lose the lift. Um, so yeah, mindset is a little bit different for that. And it's different, but it's a different kind of challenge, and I like it. Yeah, no, that's really cool. I um, like what you said about how your body your body prefers high volume. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's everybody's body, which is a good thing too, right? Like, yeah. I think you know, high volume bodybuilding style training. Like, if you're looking for a type of training for longevity and just overall health, I feel like bodybuilding is probably the number one workout for you because um, you can kind of modify it depending on strengths, weaknesses, age. You know, you can yeah. get into a routine. It feels good to train bodybuilding. Yes, you've got to push yourself to where you can't do any more reps, all that stuff, but it's not the same feeling as squatting 340 pounds, right. which is awesome that that's something that you're doing as well. But it makes sense why your body and most bodies like to uh, train a bodybuilding style program versus powerlifting. Um, and you kind of hit the nail on the head with it being mental. That's why I think powerlifting is such a cool sport because it is 100% mental sport, whether mm-hmm. or not you're able to do the lift. And that really, I guess, carries on to how you attack every training session too, not necessarily just the uh, competition list, but like every little thing that you do leading up to it builds your confidence and mindset to hit those lifts. Am I kind of on the right track with that? Yep, for sure. And, you know, it it becomes a little bit more intuitive too, because, you know, if you're having a bad day and you don't think you're going to be in the right mindset to perform that, you know, it might not be a bad idea to push that training day to tomorrow. Um, You know, because if you're not going to be in the right mindset, you're feeling weak, you're feeling tired, whatever it is, then you're more than likely not going to have a successful, successful training session. So you may as well just postpone it, get some rest and recover and do it tomorrow. A hundred. And I really love that. um, That's something that we're talking about here because we had a cool conversation about that a little bit before the podcast started. And uh, that'll help us segue a little bit into our next section, uh, just talking about recovery a little bit, um, because I've seen that you've been promoting it a lot. You uh, get work done here. Um, I know that you're tracking your sleep, all that stuff with Whoop, uh, which is really, really cool. So um, why don't we kind of dig into that recovery? Um, What does recovery look like now? with what you're doing with powerlifting versus bodybuilding? And then what are your views on recovery just like as a whole? What should most people be doing? Sure. So I would say the differences between like how my recovery is now in bodybuilding is my days off with bodybuilding. I could easily add in a cardio session or something else as like, you know, an additional active recovery type, type day. Movement. Yeah. And I would feel fine. I could do a class at orange theory, whatever. Now I'm very much a lot more mindful of my recovery. Like, you know, I'm like tomorrow I know I have to do heavy squats today. I need to rest. So I'm very mindful of making sure that my body gets that rest so that I can perform better the next day. And it really has helped me a lot because with the whoop, I can track my sleep and my HRV, my resting heart rate, all that good stuff. And when, you know, I get that green signal that I'm in a good range for training, my training sessions do go hundred percent better than if I were to try and push when my recovery is not good. Um, so yeah, just, I am very much, I'm more mindful, I guess I would say of my recovery these days than versus the days when I was doing bodybuilding. Plus bodybuilding was more like five or six days a week of shorter workouts now it's like four workouts, you know, really tough training sessions. And I do need that recovery in between. Yeah. So. No, that, that makes a lot of sense. Um, 
how your body's responding and the difference. And a lot of what I like to continue to hear from you is just listening to your body, right? And mm -hmm. your own intuition. And that's something that um, talk about a little bit more on this episode because I think that's really the success for any type of longevity in any sport, um, whether it's just recreational, so you're a healthy, fit individual, or if you're trying to compete in bodybuilding or powerlifting, or if you're like me, where I'm a bodybuilder, but I don't compete. I have decent lean body mass. I continue to grow. I live the lifestyle. Um, so it's just all about figuring out what's going to be optimal and sustainable for you. For sure. um, I know that there's a lot of talk like, you know, no balance is good because then you're going to be really good at one thing. But then you're really only going to be good at one thing and everything else in life sucks. So right. um, being able to find balance and learning your limits is a good thing. It is okay to say, I should not do this workout today because I didn't sleep well. I didn't eat well today. And you know what? I need to push it off for tomorrow, not because I'm being lazy, but because my body is going to respond better to the training stimulus tomorrow than it would today. Yeah. And that's an okay thing because I feel like so many people probably hurt themselves and reach burnout because they just keep going on that hamster wheel for sure what are your yeah. thoughts yes exactly because you know more often people are thinking more is more when in reality less is more you know you want the minimum effective dose um so if you're training high quality training sessions three days a week or half ass pretty shitty training sessions five days a week you're much better off with the three um yeah and if you're not sleeping well you're not eating you're not recovering your only your workout is only as good as your recovery and that's something I preach to my clients and everything I was just else. Ask that, yeah. Yes, it's you know I'm like if you're not feeling good, no, you just because it's on your calendar doesn't mean you have to do it today. You know, just because the the, the calendar is seven, you know Sunday to Sunday doesn't mean you have to get all your workouts in. You know, mine bleeds over until the next week. It's as long as it's in a seven day cycle. Um, you know, if you have to push your training day back a day, it's going to be better for you if you're rested and recovered and you can hit that training session with higher intensity and, you know, all of your effort rather than just kind of half-assing it and feeling tired. And then that knocks your recovery down an extra day when you do that too. Mm -hmm. So if you're not recovered, you're going into your training session poorly recovered, you're going to have another poor recovery, which is going to bleed into your next training session. So oftentimes taking a step back and recognizing the fact that you need more rest, you need more recovery is going to like help you out in the long run. A hundred percent. And I'll use myself as a little case study in this too, because this is something I've done with myself over the last um, three months and it's made a huge impact. So I would train seven days a week, not necessarily weights, but I'd have like one to two days of just like cardio mobility. And then the rest were training sessions. So I was essentially in the gym seven days a week doing something. And um, I took a kind of hard look because I wasn't really growing. I wasn't getting the results I wanted. Weights weren't going up. And I'm like, how about if I just eliminate as much as possible and also eliminate as many exercises as possible mm -hmm. and just pick four exercises that are really good for that one session, do four to five sets of each, but just 100% focus on those and train four days a week. Within the first uh, week, I lost five pounds. Uh, the second week I lost another five pounds eating the same amount of food too. Like I'm still, I'm at like 4,000 calories a day and I lost five pounds the first two weeks and then my body started to maintain and now I'm growing. And so, um, it's not necessarily more is better. It's right. quality is better. So right. you can have four days or three days where you train. You can have only four exercises per body part or per training session, as long as you're putting in that effort every rep and you're focused, and then you get the minimum effective dose, like you've said, and that dose is over a seven-day period. So say you need 15 reps to grow your pecs, 
that doesn't have to be on Monday. You can do five on Monday, five on Tuesday, and so on. As long as you're getting that stimulus over a seven-day period, that's really what matters the most. Um, what are your thoughts? Do you kind yeah. of agree? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And like in your case, I'm sure it had to do with reducing the stress on your body, which is why you know you released water and your cortisol levels probably went down and everything. Because I think that's something that's overlooked is people are training so hard so frequently and not giving themselves adequate rest. That's just stressing out your system mm-hmm. um, and causing you know, your body to plateau eventually. So yes, taking a step back and quality over quantity is always something I advocate for. Um, that's actually advice that I give to my clients too, is, you know, everyone has those days where, you know, it's like you show up to the gym, you're like, I just don't want to freaking do this, but I know I have to. So when you're having one of those days, I'm like, you know what, pick the best exercises from your program. They are going to give you the most bang for your buck, focus on those and then leave, you know, so pick your compound exercise you train optimally with that exercise, put all your intensity and focus into it, and then see how you feel after that. Add in two more exercises, you know, that are going to give you, you know, more stimulus rather than just doing bicep curls, do like a set of lunges or something like that, um, you know, and then pack it up and go. Just get the, the minimum amount done and leave, you know, rather than saying, I got to get through this entire session. And then you're just going through the motions and you're just stressing your body out even further. Yeah, because you're in fight or flight in your head while you're going through the session, and the session is also a negative stimulus on your body. That's exactly. how we grow, and then it's just this constant feedback loop of the gym is anxiety, and I don't want to be here. And it's not enjoyable, exactly. And if you want something to stick, it has to be enjoyable in yeah. some way or form, you know? So if you're making it a chore, and you're making it that you don't want to do it, and every day it's like, I can't do this, I don't want to do this, then it's, you're not going to stick with it. It has to be something you're going to be able to maintain and be able to do forever. A thousand percent. And uh, just one more example from the way that I did it. Um, so maybe it helps you guys to formulate yours. So I have four or I have eight sessions that I do over the course of two weeks. So it's, you know, four sessions, one week, one, four sessions, a week two. And I developed four powerlifting style sessions and four bodybuilding style sessions that hit all parts of my body. So depending on how I'm feeling the day I go in, I either pick powerlifting or bodybuilding whichever one's going to make me happier Mm -hmm. and the exercises I programmed are all exercises that I enjoy doing. Even the ones that I need to do to correct my body, I pick the ones that I like the most out of those corrections. So that way in my mind, choice is huge with me again. So I have choice everywhere. I can do bodybuilding legs today or I can do powerlifting legs today. Mm -hmm. Which one am I going to do? Or do I not feel good today? Am I going to do that tomorrow instead? Or do I feel good enough to do chest today? Not necessarily legs. So now I'm going to do a chest workout. And that's exactly what we're talking about. And I like that. Having the flexibility is huge. And yeah, I just, I always do that with my clients too. I'm like, just because it's a lower body day, if you're not feeling it, do the upper body day. You know, if it's going to take you less time, you're going to have a better training session. You're going to feel better while you're doing it. You're not going to have that negative, um, you know, mindset about the gym. They didn't do that. You can always push the leg day to another day, you know. Kids too, right? Mm-hmm. Like, because I'd imagine there's probably some days where you're like, fuck, I got to get this workout done quick. I got to mm-hmm. go pick up my kids. I got dinner. Exactly. Right? So it's like, yes, it's that the whole not wanting to be there and stressing yourself out about it. That's a huge piece too. But then there's also the, oh my God, I have so much shit to do when I leave here that like, I don't even think I can focus and get this workout done. Right. But the funniest part about that is if you go in and focus, you'll get it done faster than if you're there worrying about what you got to do when you leave. For sure. Begin with. And <laughs> the other thing, too, is it's okay to say no if you've got other obligations. Like, right. I'll do legs tomorrow because I have to pick up my kids and cook dinner and I've had a busy work day. Exactly. It's okay to give yourself permission 
to, you know, push it out or do it a different day for sure. Like flexibility is such a big component. And I think that is often missed where everyone is on like a regimented, I've got to get this done on this day and it's got to be done to a T. Like you have to kind of let go of those restrictions and you got to do what feels right for you and your body in order to maintain that and keep it, um, you know, a sustainable part of your life. Totally. How about um, your recovery here? How was uh, sessions here with us? I just always like to ask anyone that we have uh, have on the podcast who's gotten some work done by us. I always like to ask, how was your experience here? Good. What'd Very you come good. in for? Um, I had dry needling done on my rotator cuff, which I'm going to have to schedule another session for because I'm all stuck <laughs> up like glue again. Um, but right after I felt great. I think that has probably helped improve my bench press a lot. Um, just getting the work done and then the mobility exercises that he had given me. I, I used those before my workout and on my off days too. So I think they're helping me, but I think I just got something going on, tightened up back there. So I think it gunks up after a while. It does. It's like, you know, when you're athletes, like we are for so long, we all have problem spots and that mm-hmm. could be from previous injuries years ago, or just literally the way our bodies are designed. Like yes. our arms are not equal length. Nothing is equal in our body. So your rotator cuff hurting could just be because of the way your body is like who knows and so you do have to come in and get that work done especially if you keep beating it up too for sure um so it's great that you like to come here i got dr Mally to dry needle me um like last week i was twitching so bad she was mad that i didn't get it done sooner i'm like you've been so busy like what you want from me? um so i totally feel that um so jennifer what are some um of your habits like what are some things that you do every single day that help you to be successful because you're a mom you're a wife you're a coach at otf you're a coach for your own business um and plenty of other people and you're also an athlete so you wear a lot of hats what helps you to stay focused and motivated every day um well i I like to call these like my non-negotiables things i do every day regardless of like what's going on um really with my non-negotiables is things that are going to give me back energy so for me i always want to make sure that my nutrition is pretty much on point um you know i'm not perfect by any means but i always make sure that i hit my protein goals every day because i know that that is what's going to help me in the long run if i'm consistently not hitting my protein goals i'm only going to be set back further Um, So focusing on my protein and, you know, my overall nutrition on a daily basis is definitely something that is just, it's it's been a habit for a long time. Favorite sources of protein real quick. Um, Beef, for sure. Beef, yeah. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Yeah, not a big chicken fan. I'll eat it, but, you know, I would definitely, taste-wise, go with beef or ground turkey is even better than chicken, I would say. (laughs) Yeah, I agree with that, too. Yeah. I got chicken today, but it's all right. It's buffalo flavored. Yes, exactly. As long as you got something to cover it up with, it's pretty good. Or if you get it from Jack Panda, he does a great job making chicken not taste gross. I don't know what he does to his food. Like, it's just on a whole other planet. Like, chicken, broccoli, and rice taste fantastic for him. I'm eating chicken, broccoli, and rice. I'm like, where's the trash? Yeah, yeah. The consistency, everything, he gets it on point. So, So nutrition's huge. Nutrition's huge. Hitting your your protein goal is, like, Mm -hmm. number one focus for nutrition. Um, What are some things that you incorporate or consume to help you hit that protein goal with nutrition? Well, I always make sure that I eat breakfast because I know a lot of people will skip over breakfast and I have been one to like participate in intermittent fasting in the past too and it just did not work for me. So I make sure I eat my breakfast. It's always going to be highly like high in protein. Um, I try and get a lot of my protein in first thing in the morning just in case my day gets busy and you know, I have to like grab a snack that's lower in protein later or whatever. Um, so I always make sure that my meals are heavy in protein. I do get all of my meals from Jack Panda, 
So I I make it super easy on myself. I don't really do a I'll lot of cooking. I'll tag in the description for everybody as well. Yeah, for sure. Interested. I've been on his meal plan for over a year now. Um, best decision ever because I don't cook. I don't have to shop for it. I don't have to worry about it. It got delivered to my door this morning. Um, so I always have my meals from him on hand. And then as far as like in between those meals for snacks and stuff, I, I rely on Greek yogurt, protein shakes, things like that, just to supplement um, throughout the day because my protein needs are pretty high. Mm-hmm. What do you eat nowadays? Um, is it is it okay that I ask that? Yeah, I don't really have I don't really track my macros right now, but I'm I would guesstimate that I'm probably between 175 to 200 grams protein a day. That's fair. It's pretty easy to guesstimate when you've done it for so long. For sure, I use hand sizes too. It, exactly, and I kind of just eat. count my portions. You know, I eat about five portions of protein per day, so that you know probably equals about 200 grams at the end of the day. That's yeah. Nice. I, I haven't been tracking macros in a while. I was gonna get back to it, but. Maybe not now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you don't necessarily have to. No. Like, there's a hundred ways to skin a cat. For sure. I mainly track macros just for my protein. Mm-hmm. So, like, I'll put it all into my fitness pal, and I just am the way I am. So, I like to be, like, I like to look at what I've eaten, and right. I also don't have the best memory. So, like, it'll be dinner, and I'm like, I'm hungry, but I don't know if I've really eaten anything, and I have to look at my phone. Right. Um. So, I'll do it. So, I hit my protein goal, but then sure. carbs and fats are always in flux for me. And like, that's... I, that's exactly that's I, I just did a bunch of check-in calls this morning with my clients and that's like the biggest thing I focus on with them too especially people who are new to macro tracking um, I just tell them hit their protein goal hit their calorie goal and in between whatever you're eating for your carbs and fats you know it can interchange totally. easily um, it doesn't make a huge difference in anything so just as long as you're hitting that protein goal and that calorie goal and that's that's my philosophy too I have no idea how much fat I eat per day I'm sure that fluctuates you know back and forth I don't even keep track of that at all. I know I eat enough carbs and I eat protein with every yeah. single meal. And I mean, if your recovery is good with whoop too, I mean, that shows you that whatever you are doing is working. For sure. Um, I only track my fats cause I, I know that, um, the minimum effective dose of fat for a healthy brain is about 60 grams a day. Mm-hmm. So I generally try to hit at least 60. And yeah. then after that, I'm like, eh, yeah. Carbs. I like to hit at least 150, mm-hmm. and then after that, just kind of depends. I know that's pretty low as a minimum, but it also depends on like my training days too. Like I bet there's some yes. training days where you're just more hungry, yes. or like you've got squats, so it's like okay, now I've got to really down some rice before yes. I go do this. Exactly, and that's what I was gonna say. After a while of doing it, your body becomes more intuitive, and you don't, I don't even think about it. And I'm like, I have probably just consumed 100 grams more carbs today than I normally would because it was a squat day. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things I've been doing with my training, which has actually helped me a lot is I stop at the at the Detweilers and I get cut up fruit and I bring that to my training session. Smart. So in between sets and stuff, I'm eating cantaloupe. That's been my choice lately. Um, you know, and I'll eat a whole thing of cantaloupe while I'm training. And really it's smart. my energy level has been great. My, you know, my blood sugar levels stay level. I don't feel like I hit a wall. Like that was happening to me a lot is, you know, I'd get to that point in my training like an hour in and I'd be just, I, I don't know if it was because I was tired or hungry or combination of everything. And I just kind of start hitting a wall and I don't feel that anymore. Good. And so I started incorporating that probably about six weeks ago and it's made a huge difference. That's super good. Another thing that can help with that too. Um, I actually, I eat a banana during my sessions and after, but another thing that can help with hitting the wall, whether or not you want to try it on you or like for any other clients too, is, uh, with your pre-workout meal to have it be a high fat meal. 
Because then having that high fat content in your stomach will make your body digest that whole meal slower. Mm -hmm. So hopefully you don't necessarily hit the wall during training. Although I really love that you eat fruit and I'd recommend that for literally any client who's doing any type of training because the science shows that after only about 30 minutes of exercise, you technically do need some carbohydrates to continue to push yourself at the level that you need to elicit the training response. Um, So it's great that you do that. And I would recommend it a hundred percent, but, uh, just another hack too, for like other people, if you're not wanting to eat fruit or maybe like your stomach isn't able to digest while you're training yet, cause you're not at that point, just add a little bit more fat to your uh, pre-workout meal. I'd say 15 grams minimum. What are mm-hmm. your thoughts? Yep. Think I would say 15? the same thing too. And that's, uh, I would, I would experience like hypoglycemia. Um, I've always been one to train in the morning after breakfast and it would, I would always notice with if I didn't have fat with my breakfast that my blood sugar would start to drop. And then I would, that's when I would, I would always carry candy or something in my gym bag if I was in a commercial gym. And cause I would, I knew I would need it at some point, stabilize my blood sugar and then I'd be fine. Mm-hmm. But if I made sure that I had like eggs with the yolk in it or peanut butter or something like that with my breakfast, then I didn't hit that point in, um, you know, my yeah, blood true. sugar didn't drop. So I definitely think that was something that I needed to do and I still do. And then I think just having the fruit on top of it during my training is helping a lot. Well, it's a good treat too. It's like, hey, let me pull this heavy ass deadlift and then have and some then, <laughs> then a bite of pineapple. Yeah, yeah exactly. So yeah. It just helps a little bit. Yeah. We um, were contemplating my heavy lift the other day, you know, like, should we go up to 395 or this or that? And, you know, one of the people at the gym, he's like, well, we've got your magic cantaloupe. You might as well just go for it. I'm like, yeah, that's true. Exactly. <laughs> you know, I'm feeling it. Eat so. a couple pieces. For sure. So that'll be coming with me on meat day. I'll definitely have some cantaloupe with me. That's awesome. <laughs> So for habits, nutrition's a big one. Yep. Obviously, it, it's it's what fuels you and helps you to feel good and gives you the energy to focus throughout the day, helps you with recovery. So that's a huge habit of yours. What's uh, another hack? Um, getting outside, for sure. Now that I live in Florida, like every single no day. Excuse. Yes. I need some kind of sunshine, even if it's just taking the dog for a walk around the block. Um, so going outside and walking are two of my other non-negotiables. Um, you know, I don't count, I don't track my steps. My whoop does not track that. And I, I know I'm, I'm moving enough during the day that I don't really need to worry about that, but just getting outside and taking a walk, stretching out. Cause I know like, you know, a couple hours during the day, I'm sitting at a desk, um, doing the back end business work. So I, it's important for me to get up and move around so that I don't can stay focused and get more energy to do the other things I need to do later in the day, like take care of the kids and all that other stuff. Um, so walks and definitely getting outside, getting some sunshine, that's awesome. So nutrition, sunshine are huge. I would 100% agree. Um, any last minute things you want to leave our listeners with before we wrap up for today? Any like habits, mindset tricks, like a phrase? What's one thing that you could say that's just been very impactful for you that maybe somebody else would grab onto? Um, I think honestly, what we've been talking about with flexibility, that is the biggest part. That's the biggest component of my program is flexibility and being able to not live by such a rigid schedule, not be not having such, you know, having flexibility with your nutrition, flexibility with your training, having flexibility with your life. I think flexibility is like the the biggest thing that you need to take into consideration when making lifestyle changes. You can't just you can't be rigid. You have to be flexible and be able to adapt and you know, move things around and it's only going to help you to hold on to those habits and sustain them. hundred percent. And, um, before we wrap up, um, to exactly what you just said, I see a lot of people who think that they can just become a bodybuilder overnight. It's like, I started this coaching with Jennifer. Now I'm going to be a thousand percent on top of my nutrition. I'm not going to eat anything crazy. I'm going to work out eight days a week for two hours a right. day. <laughs> and it's just all of these crazy fast 
unrealistic expectations. Right. Not Managing realizing. your expectations is huge. Yeah. For it's sure. Like one day at a time. Right. That's why we pay you the big bucks, Jennifer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, anything else you want to say to our listeners before we go? Um, just going on to that, something that I started implementing like business-wise, but it also goes for people going into their fitness and nutrition journey is just mapping out like your big three things to do for the day. Um, you know, instead of worrying about I've got to do this and the gym and my macros and blah, 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 like what are your three most important things? Kind of like we were talking about with the non-negotiables. Write those out and just focus on those three things. And whatever you do in addition to that is just extra. I really like that. That's a really good way to wrap up. Um, Again, Jennifer's uh, last episode is going to be tagged in the description along with her um, Instagram profile, uh, business profile, and um, anything else that we've talked about like Jack Panda, all that stuff. Um, If you're looking for a great coach, uh, make sure you head over to Jennifer's um, Instagram page. If you guys want any information from us about her, feel free to reach out to us. We can get you that information too. Um, Other than that, it's been great having you, Jennifer, and I wish you luck on your competition. Yes, thank you for having me. Hey, real quick, before you go, I just wanted to say thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share with others by taking a screenshot of this episode and posting it to your story on Instagram by tagging at Tideline Sports Performance so we can repost it. And to stay up on all the latest from us, make sure you follow at Tideline Sports Performance on Instagram and Facebook. And of course, make sure you like and subscribe to this podcast. All right, guys, catch you next episode.